This episode of the Raider Take Podcast is brought to you by Rise Collective Salon. Rise Collective is a company brought together by two friends who had a vision of bringing you high-end service with a friendly hometown atmosphere. Whether you're wanting a simple tight fade like Josh Jacobs, stylish cut like Foster Moreau, or something unique to you like Henry Ruggs, Rise Collective Salon has you covered for all your game day cuts. Located at 760 Camino Ramon in Danville, Rise Collective adheres to the highest standards of cleanliness and sanitation, so you can be sure your visit will always be handled with your safety in mind. Visit risecollectivedanville.com to book an appointment with Deanna or Ashley. Once again, the website is risecollectivedanville.com. Rise above the competition. What we do here is go back, 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 back. The second you mentioned Tommy John again was <laughs> the funniest moment in my life. <laughs> Back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald for a very special episode because it is Andy's birthday. Now, I got a question for you. As Tom DeLong from Blink-182 once told us, nobody likes you when you're 23. How are people feeling about 29? It is kind of the worst age as when you're 28, you feel like it's like the mid to late 20s. You feel great. 29 is just purgatory. You feel like I should be 30. Why am I not 30? So today's my birthday. Thank you everyone for the shout outs. Much appreciated. I'm just going to skip over everything. I hate the fact that it's my birthday. Don't like celebrating it. So let's get to the chase. Here we go. Preview pod. We're going to start with mortal locks. Micah, the king, the champ. He's here. He's taken us off for his mortal lock. As you know, on the recap episode, we took the listener questions and the predictions. I took those predictions for my mortal locks as I have been suspended for one week without pay, just so you know. Um, and then I brought that to my, my child, my daughter, and she chose my mortal lock for the week, our mortal lock for the week, as I had no part in that. So I will unveil what her choice was. From there, we will go to the preview. Mike has got the Raiders D against the Chargers offense. I have the Raiders offense against Chargers defense. We will go through our predictions and then our three listener questions. We'll cap you off, send you home. Mike, give us your mortal lock. If you're listening, I mean, cash this thing in. He's six and two. The guy is rolling. What do you got? Okay, well, I will first say maybe pump the brakes on going and cashing that in because things are getting wild this week. It's your birthday weekend. We're going on a family vacation this weekend. Things are getting fun. They're getting wild. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to try to take this hot hand on these mortal locks. And I'm going to take the Jets at plus seven to the Patriots. You want to know why? Because it's the GD Jets. And I know that this is like almost throwing and throwing and just taking an L, throwing a W away and just taking an L. But damn it, I got I got some weird juju about this game. 
I know the Pats, you know, Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick, the Pats are the Pats, and they kind of were like there with the Bills, but I think this is, I don't know, man. I think interdivision stuff, I, the, I feel like the Pats or the Jets, no matter what, no matter how bad they are every year, even with Tom Brady there, they're always stingy against the Patriots. Cam Newton's not really doing too hot right now. Julian Edelman's out. They're scraping by, man, and I, I think that by no means they're just going to go out and win this game, but you might see another game like the, you know, the Raiders had against the Browns, even though that was weather-wise, where it was like 16-6, you know, 16-9, 17-9, somewhere around there. Like like I said, throwing it out on a whim, wild thing, just have some, I don't know, some good juju. Like you got you to gotta take the Jets at some point, and when everybody says don't, that's when you do. So that's one more lot. Wow. Okay. Um, here's why I hate that so much is because <laughs> the reason I hate that is because if there's ever a time the Jets are going to cover, it's going to be when you freaking de- decide to go with them. And that when you said that, I was like, oh my God, that's so right. Like he's just going to go seven and two right now. So hats off to you. I, I said that last week where you can just do your thing, dude. Just pick whatever. Hey, how about Jets plus seven? Whatever. That sucks. You know, it, you're just in such a good spot where you can just be like, hey, I'm six and two. I'm going to go Jets plus seven against the Patriots. And the Jets are <laughs> the worst team of all time. But, you know, all good. I think it's fair. It might you know, be just I, too cocky of me to do that, but I'm done. I, I think you have a good point. Like, I think you have the right to be that way. I think you have the right to be cocky. So, Man, I actually like. I, I think I've come full circle, and I think I've just like applaud you. I applaud <laughs> the fact that you're just willing to go that way. But it might show our hand as far as you know where we go for my mortal lock. And if you hadn't tuned into the last episode, um, I have been suspended. I've been banned for a week without pay. Um, no mortal locks. I cannot submit those. Um, so what the request was from Roger Goodell is that hey, you need to reach out to your fan base, get your mortal lock from them. From there, I took it to my baby, my child, my infant. She will be six months soon. So she's five and a half, let's call it. Um, And I I basically took the ones that we got. um, I I wrote them on a piece of paper. I folded them up and I said, hey, pick them. So there were four. You know, she's, she's a one by one person, right? So she sees two, she grabs one. So I was like, okay, Let's break this up into two. So I, I took the top two, the first two. I said, pick one. She grabbed one. We rolled out the other. I rolled out the next section of two. She grabbed one. We rolled out the other. We took the two that were selected. She chose one. And that one happened to be Mel Dreamy. Ooh. Ravens minus two Ooh. and a half. So wow. congrats, Mel Dreamy. It was between Mel Dreamy and this is where it's going to get a little contentious. It was Mel Dreamy and B Bauer in the finals. And she chose that one. I'm not telling you why she chose that. I'm not telling you that she favors that by any means, but I want to tell you that was the choice. And do you know what B Bauer had submitted? I do not know. I I didn't. He submitted Patriots minus seven. So that would have been, a little problematic. That would if have. You, <laughs> if you had chose the opposite of B Bauer, because it would have been the first time that we had competed in mortal locks. Mm. But what she ended up choosing was 
um, was Ravens minus two and a half. So they're on the road against the Colts. And I suppose if I have to explain this, here's what I would say. You have the Colts who just took a big win against the Lions. You have the Ravens that got their ego tested a little too much. Steelers came in, big dub, right? Come to find out the Ravens aren't who they thought they were. So now they have to go to Indianapolis after an L and they have to play the Colts. So I could see why Mel Dreamy is going this way. Minus two and a half on the road. The Colts really can't stretch the air as far as the passing game is concerned. And the, the Ravens actually have really good corners. Mar- Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, great guys back there. So he took Ravens minus two and a half. I'm not going to speak for him, but I can understand why he ended up going this way. So our mortal lock is Baltimore Ravens minus two and a half on the road against Colts. Lock it in, seal it up. Don't send it to Nevada. It might take too long for them to count it up, but that's where we are. Nice. Love it. Uh, I leaning that towards that one too as well, but uh, yeah, it was, it's a great pick Ravens. I mean, once again, my thought can't overthink it. Ravens are way more than a three point better team than the Colts uh, big time. Are they who we thought they were type of game? Because I don't think the Colts are that good. They, when their defense is on, they have a good defense. Maybe it's a Phillip rivers thing. I don't think the Colts are that good. I think the Ravens are really good. Big time. Are they who we thought they were game to prove either one of those things, right or wrong? Absolutely. Well, we'll see how it goes. So thank you, Mel Dreamy. Um, disclosed her name. She picked them. She feels great about them. She put at least two or three binkies on this game. That's a big bet for her. So we'll see how it pans out. So let's go into the preview. So we have the, hate saying this, Las Vegas Raiders on the road going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Currently, I paused for a second intentionally because currently the Raiders are dogs on the road. So the Raiders are four and three chargers are two and five. The Raiders are minus one or sorry. Chargers are minus one. The Raiders are one point dogs right now to the chargers. You have the Raiders defense against the chargers offense. We'll get into our predictions later, but I want you to know that I feel disrespected. Very much I so. I, I don't feel great about that. Like that's, it's, it's not, I, I didn't think we should be like eight point favorites by any means, but like the fact that we're dogs against the chargers who have blown anyways, I'm going to stop. The Raiders are plus one on the road against chargers. Micah, you have the Raiders D go ahead. Well, thank you. I will second that notion and say that I feel very disrespected that we are in this position. It's, Quite unbelievable, to be honest with you, that we are even considered somewhat dogs, that it's even considered somewhat of a pick'em between the two. The Chargers, no doubt, have had a you know a very good offense. They have rookie Justin Herbert coming in, wheeling, dealing. We talked about it before. He was my guy that you know maybe worried about in the next ten years. He's been doing great, you know, been slinging all over the field. Their offense, they have a really good offense. They are top 10 in the league in passing yards, rushing yards, and in overall total yards per game. Their biggest downfall is that they're in the bottom half of the league in points scored. So you got Keenan Allen on one side of the field. 
Mike Williams on the other side. Luckily for us, Austin Eckler's hurt. Don't ever want to get, you know, happy about someone being hurt. But really good. They're number one running back. He's hurt. Justin Jackson's filling in for him. But they still have a pretty high-powered offense for the most part. I think that we – I mean, I'm excited for this game. I, looking at it, I think that we should go out there and, and by all means – wipe the floor with him you know it'll be seen what defense shows up but i mean if we can take the things you know that we did well against the browns even though that weather was bad some of the things we did well at disrupting pat mahomes if we could just piece those things together and you know we might have a pretty decent defense might be able to figure things out i don't i'm not 100 sure what our net situation is but it would be fantastic if he was back this week i'm not sure if he is but you know, when he comes back, the corners can kind of get back into the swing of things. We don't have to continue to watch Lawson get burnt every game by everybody. But yeah, um, I I don't know. I feel confident about it. It's it's one of those things where interdivision stuff is always weird. You know, there was a year that the Raiders went eight and eight, and they were undefeated within their division and didn't make the playoffs. You know, you have games where you know a team could be the worst team ever. Like I was mentioning about the jets, you know, they always seem to be pesky against the Patriots in a division. You never know what's going to go on. So I feel confident in the way that we've been playing and we can just go out there and just outscore them purely from an offensive side of things. But there is a little bit to worry about when it comes to Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and, you know, kind of trying to limit the pass game. And really Justin Jackson has been big on the receiving side of things as well for running back. And Eckler was always big on both the rushing and the receiving side of things. You got Joshua Kelly, their rookie running back who's been getting snaps kind of pounding the rock too. So they kind of got a lot of people that are involved and a lot of things going on. There's, But all in all, I feel very comfortable in, in going out there and winning. I think it'll go, man, I, I don't know how many times we have to say it, but the defensive line has to get pressure. It's unbelievable just how much they're not getting pressure ever. They really need to step it up. You've watched games and you can see that Herbert actually does pretty well with pressure in his face, getting the ball out and reacting to those kind of things. But if they can just get to him, you know, flush him out, get him off his off his game a little bit, it's going to start with that defensive line really getting through and getting some pressure. No, I, I agree, man. And I think it's <clears throat> the offense is tough because it, it seems like they always try to establish a run um, early on and, and they can't really get it going. Ever since Eckler ex- has exited um, the lineup, they they pound the rock with Joshua Kelly. They pound the rock with Justin Jackson. And, and it's just like they do it. And then it's like, okay, just unleash Herbert. And then he throws the ball 45 times. Right. So um, I kind of have, this weird feeling where, you know, I, I do want pressure, but I want containment, you know? So it's like Herbert has executed when he gets outside of the pocket and has had, has the opportunity to at least see second and third level at that point, you know? So it's like, I think it is big if we get our net back. Um, I, I do think our D line needs to get pressure, get to the quarterback, but you know, they kind of need to just contain him and make him, kind of like make him make his reads, you know, in a sense, like make him go off of his rhythm, make him go off of his checks in a sense. And so um, it, it's a weird game, you know, it's a weird offense because they like, once again, they try to pound the rock so early, but then it's like, you know, they can't in it. And you know that our defense is set up for that. So it's going to be Herbert against our secondary. And 
I don't know. <laughs> it's a yeah. weird matchup, and, and, and Herbert has balled out, so I, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, and they are. I mean, you can watch them play, and you can tell that they are better than their record kind of indicates on the offense side of ball. They've, they continue to figure out how to lose games by, you know, two points, one point, three points, just down to the wire type stuff. Very vintage Phillip Rivers. But, yeah, I mean, they, in all accounts, they've – been in a lot of games and you know some of them they should have won so they are you know they got a lot of things going for them on offense and it, it very well could be one of those things where we're having to try to rely 100 on our secondary because we've always had a really good we, i mean we do have a really good run defense back into the defense is a little sus so you know that's where the the big question mark's going to be but i feel like the units are kind of starting to gel together it seems like it'll be nice when we're back to full force but we'll have to see how the rest of the week pans out and see what, uh, what defense gets trotted out there on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think our defense is, is shaping up, but you know, ultimately we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But as far as the Raiders offense is concerned, you know, last week we did take a little bit more of a conservative approach where we just pounded the rock. Josh Jacobs, like Mike mentioned um, in the last episode, 31 carries over 135 yards. Um, you know, he kind of, carried the offense it was bad conditions but um i think this obviously this this week is going to be a little bit different brian edwards has actually practiced which is great and i think it's an opportunity for us to spread the ball out a little bit nick bosa had a concussion last week he has been um not practicing this week which is great for us Uh, melvin ingram is banged up as well so you may see those two um, defensive ends that have given us fits for years actually not be a part of this um, this game, but we'll see how it goes. But ultimately, I, th- I think you know the good thing, and, and and we're basically what this will be our eighth game of the year. We're we're at a spot where we can win the game on the run game. Um, we can win the game pounding the rock, and we can also win the game by you know throwing down the field. And I think we have an opportunity to do both. Ultimately, I. Th- you know, we can take advantage of the matchups that we have. Um, I don't think that the, the secondary of the chargers um, matches up well against us. So I would love for John Gruden to be aggressive early on. Um, I would love for us to take a shot, be aggressive, kind of keep the pace going early on and then um, see how Justin Herbert can react from that. I do think that will eventually lead to our defense being aggressive and taking advantage of Herbert and then also creating turnovers. Um, and then I think we can kind of roll from there. So, you know, all in all, it's, it's kind of not a big a scheme game. I think we can just play our game. The other, you know, as we mentioned, the first seven games were probably the toughest seven games we're going to see all year. So we had to scheme against those defenses because those defenses were some of the top defenses we faced and that are actually in the NFL right now. So at this point, we have to just go out there and play our game. I think we need to get Jacobs going early. I think we need to get Carr um, off play action. And I think, you know, some of the first couple of drives, we should probably just take advantage and maybe run a little bit, hurry up, take some shots. And I know that's kind of all in the same, right? Like, hey, establish a run. And then also take some shots and run, hurry up. It's, it's kind of both, right? But I, I, I would just say that if we can stay aggressive and just put the heat on them and kind of run like a little fast-paced offense – we, we should be able to control this game. Um, it pisses me off that we are one-point dogs because Absolutely. we beat the Chiefs, we beat the Saints, we beat the Panthers, and we just beat the Browns. And 
the Chargers are two and five, just lost lost to the Broncos. Like, what the hell? I almost said the F word, but I didn't. Just say no. And it's frustrating because, dude, we had probably the toughest schedule in the first seven games, and then we're dogs on the road. Like, sure, I get it. Like, we are on the road, and so they should get a little bit of a sway as far as, like, the points go. But, like, we're underdogs against the Chargers who – like below every 10 point lead of all time. Yeah. That pisses me off. So I just think that we are going to be able to take some shots early, run a little bit of an up tempo pace um, on the offense side of the ball. And Josh Jacobs is going to get going. And I would not be surprised, not going to get my number, but I would not be surprised if the Raiders won by 10 or more plus mm-hmm. points here. But as we get into predictions, just so you know, if you haven't heard, the Raiders are plus one dogs <laughs> against the Chargers in LA. What is your prediction for this game? Well, as you were talking about that, it just made me even more heated about the fact that we were underdogs because it's just unbelievable. The disrespect. I don't know if it's the, the Raider disrespect. I don't know if it's the Herbert hype, the you know, Chargers have a good offense and they should have a, you know, a good defense, but they just can't win games, you know, kind of like, pity that they're giving them or something i don't know but it's very much a game we should go out there and not only win but very comfortably win in my opinion that's why i have the raiders winning and thank you for stealing my 10 point differential 31 21 i think that they're gonna out there they're gonna put up numbers the defense is gonna do well enough it may not be the best outing but they're going to be able to limit them points wise for the most part and find that happy medium ground between giving up 45 to the to the bucks and only six to the uh, Browns. So I, don't know. I think we go out there and win very easily. Might be a little too cocky, but 31, 21 final. Love it. I'm going to stick to the 10 point swing you got going on. So I'm going to go 34, 24. Um, I think we put it on him. I think we put it on him quick, especially if Joey Bosa is out, especially if Melvin Ingram's out. Um, I think I think we get on them early. Um, I think DC takes some shots. Hunter Renfro first touchdown in LA Coliseum last year. I think we get on them quick. I think we put that pressure on Justin Herbert. Now um, we create some turnovers, and then it's Josh Jacobs late. Let's go to bed, baby. Thirty-four twenty-four Raiders. That's what I got. Love it. Absolutely well, great. I mean, that's it. So you might as well just you know cash it in. You got Chargers plus, you know, minus one. So, yeah, you Mike can. Mike doesn't want to bet on him. Might as well bet on that. So. Yeah, you can get real spicy and, and get a uh, <laughs> get a Ravens Raiders Jets parlay going. And I know I'm just getting all really take one home. Sorry about that. No, um, but once again, we had our moral locks. There's our preview. Um, I do feel a little disrespected with where we're at right now with being above 500 and the Chargers just blowing leads left and right and to be dogs on the road kind of pisses me off. But I'm not an odds maker. I do not live in Vegas. We are just the RCP squad here. Um, And because of that, we're going to transition over to some listener questions. I'm going to start the first one, if you're good with that, Micah. So for the first question, um, B. Bauer has submitted. He said, do you have a Raider slash football take you think most people disagree with so you and i chatted before this and i said hey let's switch it up 
I'll take a football one. You take the Raider one. What do you got? Yeah. So this was uh, very interesting because, you know, I had to think about it for a little bit and, and kind of figure out. But I, I truly do believe, and this is the take, I think there's a lot of people don't agree with it. If you are mingled in amongst Raiders Twitter, you know, for a fact, there's a lot of people that do not agree with it. But I think DC is our franchise quarterback. You look at it. And he's had five different offensive coordinators. This is the first time he's ever been in the third year of a system. His best season he ever had was the second year of the system. And you look at all these other guys, they've had so much talent around him. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, a lot of people that you know are doing very well have had structure. They've had the same head coach the whole time. They've had, you know, weapons around him. This is kind of the first time that DC's had weapons in every little aspect of the offense around him and you know somewhat depth at the at um the receiver position now for the most part i've always kind of seen it there and you always you look at it and i know we were a little critical in the beginning of this podcast on Derek carr but i think we both you know we've talked about before like he's got it he's got what it takes he's got all the intangibles he maybe isn't you know the type of Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady that makes even like the smallest practice squad guys look like all-stars, but he can be our franchise guy. And, uh, you know, I think you're seeing this year, all of that kind of come to fruition with him being in the third year of the offense and, and having structure around him, not only within the weapons on the field, but within the coaching staff as well. No, I love it. I mean, <laughs> I have been obviously highly critical of DC. Um, and, and it's really been the fact that I, I, I've always had a hard time with like, are you the dude in a sense where it's like, are you the guy that can win a championship? And I, I don't think it's always fair. Right. But it's always like, Hey, maybe peel back for a second and say like, have you been surrounded with the right people? Have you been incorporating the system for long enough? And so you see the people that have succeeded with, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, they have been, it's been consistent with their surroundings. It's been consistent with the offensive strategy and, you know, schematics around them. So I, I love DC. Like, I, I don't want to make that any different. So I, I agree with you. Um, I also say like, dude, this guy's been throwing to Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Renfro, big play Seth Roberts, like Marcel Aitman. What are we talking about? Right. So that's kind of a shot at me because I, I was pretty critical of him early on in the season, but I agree with you. I love that take. Um, so nothing else to say. I'm, I'm cool with that. I think it's a Raider take that people aren't going to believe until the end of the year. And if you check it, it's like he is top five in so many different statistics right now. And he's leading the league in completion percentage, um, touchdown interception ratio. There's so many things that he is excelling in that, we should be proud of and, and, and more so like, how can we not feel like this is the guy, you know? I think that, well, I, I think one hard thing is that over his kind of his career is kind of been, he's been really good at this stat and he's been very efficient in this stat, you know, but it hasn't transitioned to wins. And we kind of talked about that previously when we were critical, but you know, I think we're starting to see those things kind of turn over to wins and, and see him take care, take control of some games. So. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that, it's, but. yeah, it, what it comes down to is, can you win? And and if he wins those games where he's efficient, we're like, yeah, he's the best. And then yeah. if he loses <laughs> them, he's like, why don't you take more shots? You know, yeah. which is 
whatever. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. (laughs) Exactly. So I'll take the other side. And so a football take that I don't think most people agree with is um, I don't think you need a prolific passing offense to win. That's kind of where I'm at is like, I believe if you have enough weapons on offense, but more importantly, you have the best or the right offensive line and the right scheme, I think you can win. And and the Niners are the best example to prove that. And I hate the Niners so much. And once again, Kyle Shanahan, I respect the hell out of, but I don't think you need to, to get into this college system of five wide spread everyone out and, and then just dice everyone up. I don't, I don't think it works that way. I think you have to be able to effectively run the ball downhill. I think you have to be able to exploit the defense because if you think about it, the offense is going towards this east to west game, right? It's like, hey, we're going to spread everyone out four wide, five wide, and we're going to attack. So then what you would imagine is the defense is going to say, okay, cool. So we're going to go four down we'll have three linebackers. We'll get into nickel coverage and we'll go from there. And that's why I'm saying like, Hey, run the ball, (laughs) Mm -hmm. run the ball on first down. And it's so against every saber metric. It's against everything that compares to where the NFL is right now. But I think you have to be able to effectively run the ball. And I think you have to be able to work off play action and it's, it's boring. It's not glamorous. It's all those things that you don't want to see that will never run into the ticker on the red zone. But I really believe that that's the way to win games because you can eat up clock. You can break down the defense and those drives will be able to create opportunities for quarterbacks that are not Mahomes, that are not Rogers, what have you. If you have those guys throw the ball 80% of the time, don't care. But for the majority of the league, you don't have those guys. So you have to be able to establish a run I would say go north-south, run the ball, stop with the east to west game. It's basically when they zig, you zag. I believe, at least, if I was running a team, run the fucking ball. Run the fucking ball. And run it down the throats, pound the rock, control the clock, and then I guarantee you will have enough weapons and your quarterback, what it will do is create more opportunity for him to be extra explosive. It will create him to be better off play action to where if you just relied on that guy to win in a shootout against Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, anyone else, no shot. So you're not going to put Jimmy G up against those guys, essentially as we're saying. He sucks. (laughs) Jimmy G sucks. He's like, Oh, my ankle tingles and he's out for the year. I I, I don't hate Jimmy G. (laughs) He sucks though. I'm saying that's why he's been successful. It's because Shanahan has been like, Hey, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, bang, 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 bang. And no shit George Kittle is wide open on this corner route or this cross that he turned up the sideline, whatever. Don't care. Like, oh, and then everyone's like, oh, Jimmy Jimmy, that's pretty good. And you pay him $25 million. Dude, Nick Mullins can do the same damn thing. And guess what? It's the same person. Sorry. Like, if you can run the ball, if you can have the right scheme – and you have the right offensive lineman, you're fine. And so everyone wants to be like, you can't be Mahomes. You can't be Andy Reid. Do you know how the Raiders beat the Chiefs? Is they pounded the rock, pounded the rock, pounded the rock, took a shot, took a shot, took a shot, pounded the rock. They controlled the clock. 
They took the shots when necessary, and that's how you beat those teams. If you don't have, you want to name them, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Miko Hardman, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Clyde <laughs> Edwards-Alaire, I just blah, blah, blah. Hingle McPringleberry. Hingle McPringleberry and Patrick Mahomes. If you don't have the Chiefs offense, no shot, dude. I'm just saying, stay within yourself. North-South. The problem is the NFL is going way too far east to west. Run the ball. Control the clock. Win the game. It doesn't matter if you throw for 400 yards. It doesn't matter. So thank you, Bauer, for the question. I think I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> Micah. I love it. I believe no. you have question number two. I do. I do. And that, you know, that that took a turn I wasn't expecting, but I absolutely love it. I'm glad you went there. It's your birthday and you can soapbox if you want to. Thank you. Next question we got is from uh, the Mortal Lock contest winner himself, at Mel Dreamy. Mel Dreamy says, what's your opinion on Trent Brown? Is he really injured or are the Raiders getting the A-B treatment? That's a bold statement. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because um, I, I think where I'm at is that he – you know, we signed him to a big contract and he's at a point where he's not going to play unless he's hundred percent. So when you think about the guys that risk it, that are questionable, that end up playing more often than not, they don't have a big contract, you know? So with Brown, I think he's someone that wants to feel confident. He wants to feel like he's good because he doesn't want to hurt himself. He doesn't want to be in a clause where he can't, you know, he, he tears his ACL and then voids, part of his contract. So I don't think it's necessarily the AB treatment, but it has been approaching some of that language where him and Jonathan Abram went shoe shopping and they both ended up on the COVID list. And then because Trent Brown hung out with our offensive line, our whole offensive line was in the near contact list or high risk or what have you. And so they didn't practice all week and couldn't, you know, they ended up showing up on Sunday and playing against the Buccaneers. So I think it's close to that, but I, I would be hard pressed to say that anything is close to Antonio Brown, but I hear what he's saying. Um, I think it's, it's more so Gruden feels like he's healthy enough. Trent Brown, this might be the first, not the first time, but one of the fewer times where a player is saying, I don't feel comfortable to go because of their contract. And maybe the language in their contract is, stipulating that they, if they get hurt, they might void some of their money, what have you. So that's my take on it. You know, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I, um, little, I, I feel like I, I bounce back and forth over the line a little bit on this, this question. I'm a little indifferent on it because I think you're right. I don't, I don't think it's hard. It's hard to kind of equate anything to the saga that went on with AB. I think with Trent, I get a feeling that it's one of those things. It's like, he's not like purposely trying to do anything, any of this stuff, but it doesn't seem like he's in a big rush to, you know, come back, you know, taking his time to get, to get healthy and stuff like that. Whereas, like you said, sometimes you guys, you see guys play through some things and, you know, and I, it, it's completely understandable that you want to be a hundred percent, especially if it is going to affect your money at all. You know, it's completely understandable. Uh, it does, it does kind of seem like, you know, there's a little bit of dragging the feet almost kind of feeling or just that feeling of like not in a big hurry to get back. And then 
like you said, the COVID stuff kind of comes around. So you think there's like, just gives off this vibe of like negligence and just like, not like taking things seriously or being, you know, serious about any of the situation. I, you know, I think it's just one of those things that, you know, he, he can look at in the field and say, our offensive line is completely different with him on the field, you know, when we're, and our offensive line has still been good despite not having him or Richie there. But you look at Denzel Good out at right tackle and you think Trent Brown's worth every penny that we're paying him when he's in there because, you know, it's pretty, you know, when he's in there, you're 100% secure about that right side of the line. So I think it's just one of those things where it's not, it's not a B level yet, but there is this kind of feeling of, uh, you know, like I said, just not, not rushing back to things really, not, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of reiterating, you know, repeating myself. Yeah, but. no, I, I agree with you. It's like it's it's. The, I think the the part of the question is like, hey, we're close. <laughs> we're close. We're like, hey, is this like a a guy versus organization issue, or, or yeah. kind of where are we at? So, um, I get I get the question. I, I don't think we're there yet. Um, I hope we're not there yet, at least. But you know, I know there has been some recent health issues um, with the, the IV that he, he took in, in Cleveland that ended up sending him to the hospital. So, you know, hopefully he gets better and, and we're able to reassess from there, but good question overall, Mel dreaming um, and also go Baltimore minus two and a half. Last question of the night we have from B Bauer. He says, where do you draw the line with appropriate slash inappropriate moments to a have the phone open streaming the game. Mm. I would imagine that'd be the Raider game. Mm-hmm. And B, check the scores of the game. And then he said, dash tag RTP listener of the year, one of one. So kind wow. of put it out there. He's in the lead. Um, so basically, where do you draw the line with the behavior of having your phone open streaming the game and or checking the scores? Yeah, that's a uh, that's very very interesting question because I can put the hand up on streaming the game or checking scores and times where you know the Lord or my mama might not be necessarily the most proud of me yet with, but I think that I think it's one of those things where you know I would draw the line at like being up in front of people talking, you know, or like being in a situation where like people are staring at you and you can't discreetly do something. I mean, it's you got to be respectable and in any situation you want to, you know, check them here and there. I mean, I think that really, if it's, if you're in a spot that would seem disrespectful or, you know, a spot where you are at like maybe a draw the line moment, maybe assess whether you can step out, go to the bathroom real quick or something, you know, try to really assess all your options first before you end up doing that and potentially getting yourself in a pickle. So I would say on both accounts, it's hard to like really pinpoint and say like, this is the line I draw and not doing that. I think it's all about being respectful and, you know, assessing all options before you just whip it out and yeah, check the I scores. Mean, yeah. <laughs> good, good for there when you can whip it out and then check the scores. Um, it's a tough spot because, you know, um, I'm going to go there. Permission yeah. to go there. You don't mind. Granted. Okay. I would say if the importance of the game or the score is not obvious, you may have bigger issues. I would imagine knowing this man that 
we might be talking about something bigger or different concerning a fantasy score or a parlay score as he tends to throw out there like he has in the pod, something that he may be interested in. So I would assess those differently. If it was the game, I would say the point should be known that this is the game. I will be checking this. If for some reason you are removed from the opportunity to view this game on Mm -hmm. your television and you have to travel to somewhere or it's a 10 a.m. game and you don't have the availability to review this, then that should be settled. But if it's something where it's like, hey, tough fantasy matchup or I I, I need this guy to go off on Sunday night or Thursday night because Thursday night's weird. Where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, why do you have the game on? And you're like, <laughs> oh, you know, it's Packers Niners. And they're like, <laughs> okay, so like, you're not either of those fans. You're like, yeah, totally. But, yeah, football. You know, I, I have Ross Dwelly going for the <laughs> Niners as the tight end. And you're like, okay, you know, turn it to whatever. So Bachelor, it's like, right? I got that, right? Bachelor, yeah, sure. Um, on Thursday nights. Okay. You might have showed your hand <laughs> a little too soon there. Um, <laughs> I was going to call you on it and then you just <laughs> labeled it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't even know what you're saying for a second. <laughs> like bachelor's on Thursday nights, but I was born on the dock. I said, dark. I think <laughs> you think, I think anyways, how certain, anyway, uh, no, no, sorry. How certain are you that the bachelor is? <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm not, I think it is. I'm not positive. I, it might be Monday What's nights. Tonight? It might be Monday nights. What's because tonight? <laughs> Thursday night. Okay. Was it on tonight? <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't watch it. Here's, huh. here's why I'm saying that is because we're going on a tangent. A lot of times when I am scrolling Twitter, I get a mix of like football tweets slash takes and like Hank Lockwood tweeting about The Bachelorette. Mm. So, so you're attacking Hank at this point. I'm not trying to attack Hank. I'm just saying Hank. You know, Rhea, big time bachelorette people. So, okay, lot, so it's either Monday or Thursday because those are the only two days between the week that would interfere and also combine just, football and bachelorette. Inter, yeah, just intertwining tweets and seeing bachelorette and, you know, football tweets. Okay. That's by no Fair. means do I watch it. Thanks for cleaning that up. Um, I would say, Bauer, if it's not the Raider game, it's appropriate if you have a hard parlay going on or you have a close fantasy game that you need to address. I think the hard line is the fact that you need to win the game and outside of something of so much importance, which would be wife's birthday or child's dance recital, maybe just make sure the expectations are set. And I feel good about that. That's the line in the sand. I stand by Micah. What is your take on who will win the bachelorette? (laughs) (laughs) I do not have a take because I do not watch it. Chris J is uh, (laughs) actually have, he's plus 600. (laughs) Actually, I have drew at a 1700. He's a big time underdog. He was kind of the, top. the first one, and then he actually got the rose. Yeah, Christina's starting to like him. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> thank you for the questions. Yes, big game. Much appreciated. Weekend. Raiders going to LA. Chargers 
are favored by one point. Um, we did break it down. We let you know how we feel. Thank you as always for the questions. Um, thank you for the submissions of the mortal locks had shows at Mel dreamy. Once again, Baltimore minus two and a half. We'll see what the commissioner says as this plays out. Micah, as always, you're the best great host. We appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Everybody. Uh, as always share rate, subscribe, review, retweet it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, wherever you see it. Thank you for all the love we get. Hopefully the Raiders can go out and get a big W like we projected and uh, we can have a, a good, another, uh, you know, victory Monday to go into. So yes, sir. appreciate it. And uh, we'll see y'all next week. Love you guys.